going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of the Cincinnati Reds who actually won a game that looked really good winning it last night. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,127 subscribers. That is awesome. And like I said before, we have a new thing here that I get to do on YouTube. It's only for uh, YouTubers. Uh, it's called Super Chats. So if you like what I'm doing, you want to support what I'm doing, you can use a Super Chat, donate some money, and uh, support what I'm doing. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Like I said, the Reds won last night, and they looked really, really good doing it. So let's talk some Reds. Let's get my man on, on here, Jeff Carr from Locked On Reds. Jeff, what's going on, brother? Jeff, how you doing, man? It's good to be back. It's good to have you. Vladimir Gutierrez. Oh, yeah. Did we find ourselves the starting pitcher? I mean, I know it's only five innings, but he looked pretty pretty confident, pretty good in the five innings. I think so, and I think the Reds have said as much. Bobby Nightingale had the report the other day saying that Michael Lorenzen is going to rehab and get worked up to back into game action for bullpen play, right, right. not for the rotation. So I think that they are pretty happy with what Goody has given them. Yeah, exactly. It's right there. Said Michael, uh, Michael Lorenzen says he hosts a return uh, worst case, be after the All Star break, he hopes to return uh, before that. Which I mean, this bullpen. Let's let's be honest; they are hurting bad. They need Michael Lorenzen bad, and that that kind of brings me up to, to something I've been kind of kicking around. And I know on your your show, you you talk about some some stuff that you know you you think the Reds could do or whatever. But for some reason, David Bell does not like Shogo Akiyama. <laughs> I mean, he won't play him. I mean, I know it's lefty righty, but he, he won't play the man. Right. So. What do you think the options are to trade him to maybe get some bullpen help? I mean, I don't, that's just something I'm thinking of because you're not playing them. We need bullpen. I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? It's a possibility. Um, one website, and I know that there are varying opinions on this website, but baseballtradevalues.com right. has him listed as a negative value. So ah. it's possible that other teams value him differently, but at the right. same token, it, it, it may. And I, I think I say that way too much, by the way, at the same token. Um, <laughs> we, but, we tend to say, say the same stuff when you do a podcast every single day, as you and me do. Yeah. You kind of say the same stuff over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> yeah, de uh, definitely. But um, at, at the same point, let's say that. Uh, I think that it's worth looking into at this point because he is the number five outfielder and you're paying your number five outfielder $7 million. Right. That's Ridiculous. Exactly. That's that's why I'm kind of like, why the hell did they sign him if he's never going to play him? <laughs> now, right. Got a comment here. It said Aquino is re rehabbing currently. Yeah, he's down there in Louisville uh, along with Joey Votto. Uh, hopefully uh, Votto – I think Votto might be back, uh, you think, a week, week and a half maybe? What, what's your time timetable, you think? I certainly hope so. I didn't think that he was going to need that long of a rehab stint to begin with. So hopefully by the Milwaukee series, we're talking about Joey Votto, hopefully back and forth. That would that would be nice. Now let's get back. We kind of glossed over it a little bit, but let's get back to, to Vladimir Gutierrez. Uh, he's had two two starts, both of them five innings. Uh, yesterday was three hits, two run runs, three strikeouts for a two point seven zero ERA. 
for your second start going against the Cubs. I know the wind was blowing in, but still it's the Cubs, and, and they're a good team. The Tweety Birds are a good team. And to hold those guys and, and have a potential to, to – he really could be – should be 2-0, and to be honest. But he's 1-1, one and one, so I'm pretty happy – with what we got out of him, and like you said, it sounds like Michael Lorenz is going to be in a bullpen, and he might be in the in the rotation to stay. I think so, at, at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, you're talking about Jeff Hoffman; they're still waiting on him to come back, and to what end? Who knows? Right. Uh, Jeff Jeff Hoffman had that nice start before he got hurt, but that was really like the best start of his season, and and right. all of the peripheral numbers show that he has been getting very lucky. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Gutierrez has that devastating fastball and a pretty nice curveball to go with it, too. And he's done a very nice job of locating those pitches exactly where he needs to, keeping the fastball up and keeping the curveball and the change low. Right. And if he gets contact, he's getting a lot of ground balls. I, I was really happy. To, I know that the first inning was a little bit of a labor of love to watch, but at the right. same token, he w- looked really well the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, really, honestly, if you look at the first inning, the Reds had the bases loaded. They could have scored more than one run. Probably would have helped. But in the long run, they won. And the the frustrating part is when you see them play like that, like, like they can, like they can play. Why can't they do that all the time? I mean, we we had defense, we had bullpen. I mean, David Bell and I, I bang on David Bell a lot. He managed that perfect, and and to me, he managed that game like it was a must win. He didn't mess around. With Garrett or any of these other guys, he brought he went straight to TJ Anton, then the Sims, and the game's over. And that's the way you know it should be. Now, what's he going to do tonight? I don't know because you know those are really the only two guys in a bullpen you kind of count on here. Hopefully, right. uh, uh, Luis Castiano or Luis Cast. I do that every time. Luis Castillo will actually be like the old Luis Castillo, but it, it's just frustrating that you see them play like that and. It can't. It, they can play like that, but they don't do it consistently enough. That and and I thought about that too, but I think one of the reasons is Tucker Barnhart doesn't get a lot of balls hit to him, and <laughs> he's like the best fielder on this team. That right. that was an amazing play to barehand that to third and get that double play turned. I mean, that won the game right oh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah. First game and second. Yeah, yeah. First and second. Nobody out in the bottom of the ninth. It's, you're thinking, oh, here we go again with the stupid Cardinals. <laughs> right. The, the the dumb birds. But, Tweety birds, um, as I call them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Tweety birds. Yeah. So, and but he makes that play, and you had the play earlier in the game by Tyler Stevenson at first base well, with that hard hit ball. And he had that diving catch by uh, Naquin in the outfield too. That was that yeah. was good. That was huge because like you, you could see how the fielders were ranging between he and Jonathan India, and it looked like it was like, ooh, you're going to need right. some kind of spectacular thing happen. And it did. Everything went right. And that is what we talk about whenever we say this team needs a complete performance. Last night was exactly was how you draw it up. And David Bell, I loved how he brought in Antone and he brought in Sims and he didn't mess around with anybody right. else because he knows – that, as Joey Votto says, it's getting late early. He knows mm-hmm. it's getting late. He's got to win these games if they're going to contend in the Central. And if he's going to get a new contract, they got to right. contend in the Central. Yeah, right now the Reds are 25 and 29. They're in fourth place and they're six out. So, I mean, you can't fall back any farther now. I mean, you get right. seven, ten games out, then they're going to do what I really don't want them to do is start trading players away because – 
to me, and this is the the part that Jeff, I get, I've been so frustrated with, and I, and I didn't talk about the Reds a lot in the offseason because, well, one, they didn't do anything, right. and that's the problem that that ticks me off. It's like the year before they did all this, they signed Moose, they signed uh, Cassianos, they signed Shogo, they signed all these guys, and then last year it's kind of like like I, we had a pandemic. I, you know, it happens. Sorry, that's that's what happens. No major league baseball team has has lost any money. But we, our owner cries poor, and then he doesn't do anything. So you do nothing to to fix your shortstop position. You let two starting pitchers go. You try to get Hoffman, who's a you know eh, pitcher. Right. So and then your bullpen, you didn't do anything to actually bolster that. You you had two closures. You let them both leave. It's just that's the frustrating thing to me. It's like if they'd done just a little bit, if he would have gotten two starting pitchers and a couple bullpen guys and fixed the shortstop position. We'd be in this thing. Yeah. Well, and and to you deal with depth issues whenever you dive into your depth just to find a starter. Right. And that's what they've done, trying to say, okay, well, Kyle Farmer could start at shortstop. Kyle Farmer's best role is as super utility guy. He can right. play anywhere and mm-hmm. give you at-bats when you need them, things like that. He's not a guy that I want starting every day and tethered to one position. Don't get me wrong. He's probably been the best fielding shortstop that they've had play, oh, yeah. um, and I, I don't even know if it's that close, which is no. saying a lot about right. what Gino has given them. He, yeah. he, he looks so different based on third base mm-hmm. and shortstop, and yes. I know that Mike Petriello from MLB.com wrote that article in the uh, spring training period talking about, well, during the shift last year and the last couple of years, He's started from that shortstop spot so much, he right. should be fine with it. It just doesn't seem to have taken. Like every time a ball gets hit to him, I cringe. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you look at the pitching side of things. The fact that they got anything out of Jeff Hoffman is a miracle because right. this dude was gotten for Robert Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Like we were done with Bob Steve. We, right. we The experiment had expired. Right. And so we got a retread from Colorado, which Colorado never has exactly had great pitching. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I think that possibly they were looking at it like, okay, let's get through this year. I think this guy can get us through th- this year. And then we got Nick Ladello coming up, maybe Hunter Green coming up next year. So maybe that was their thought process. But again, I think that you're probably more on the money, and that was we don't want to spend money. Yeah. And I – I, I can't I can't abide that. Like, look, every single team in Major League Baseball went through a pandemic. It wasn't just yes. the Reds. Right. Why why did the Padres spend? Why did the White Sox spend? Like mm-hmm. I, I I don't Well the thing that. is, Jeff, they wouldn't have had to spend nearly as much money as they spent the year before that. Right. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not upset that they didn't didn't pick up or uh, didn't re-sign Trevor Bauer. I, I knew they weren't gonna re-sign him. But Discafani, he signed for six million dollars. I mean to you and me, $6 million is a lot of money. But for a starting Major League Baseball player, it's not that bad. You could have kept him. Worst case, try to get somebody else. I right. mean, you had, like I said, you had not one, but two closures last year. You let them both go. You let one just walk, and the other one you traded away, and you got nothing for them. And then that's the thing. It's just like the team is this close to being good, and they only needed a little bit of tinkering. And I just don't get it because Bob Castellini came in here when he bought the team 17 years ago or whatever. I'm going to bring championship baseball back to Cincinnati. Yep. Where's it at, Bob? You know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for it because last year you had a team that could compete, compete. And with the pandemic and everything, it was just a messed up season. So 
because of that, you just pull the plug. I don't get that. But then you want us to go, hey, we got all this new stuff at the ballpark. Come come check out our, our, our new chili dogs and our new playground. I don't care. I want to win, you know? Yeah. So that, yeah. That's good. I mean, we've gone through, well, you know, I mean, obviously they made the playoffs last year, but do we really feel like we got out of the whole six, seven years of nothing right. for 22 shutout innings? Like, is that all we're going to get out of this? That's what Reds fans are thinking right, right now. And I, I've, I've heard some different takes from whether it be sports talk personalities or uh, broadcasters, what have you, saying like, you know, the fans are really rabid, but maybe they ought to take a step back. It's like, Nah, man, this is not just this year. This is seven years of frustration packed into a year where we were expecting something. Right. And now we're sort of worried that what we expected is not going to come anywhere near to fruition. Right. Well, and the thing is, I mean, I said this on my show a lot every year. I'm like, you got to get off to a good start. You got to get off to a good start. Yeah. No, they got off to a great start. Yeah. Six and one out the gate. It's awesome. But then you go out to, to California and you lose seven in a row. And there goes the great start. And they have not been able to get back to that point. And, and the funny thing is, like last year's problem, it was the offense. We had great pitching. Our starting pitching was awesome last year. Our bullpen was awesome last year. This year, it's the opposite. We can score 17 runs, and, and, and we can also lose the game 18 to 17. You know, we, we score enough runs. We just can't get the starting pitch. I mean, a huge thing, obviously, is, is Sonny Gray, uh, Luis Castellanos, and, uh, and Gary. Those three – not coming anywhere close to what they've normally done has really hurt this team. And that, to me, shows even more of why, what they didn't do in the offseason because there's nothing there. If these guys don't work, there's nothing behind them. And I always say that relief pitching is a fickle thing. So, And, and that doesn't even just go from year to year. That goes from month to month. I mean, think about Heath Hembry. His mm -hmm. first nine appearances, he doesn't give up a run. Right. These last couple of appearances, he's looked pretty mortal. So I, I don't know what we're going to get from him moving forward. I don't know that we should have had that high expectations of him anyway. Right. right. But at the same token, like um, when I look at Amir Garrett, I just don't get it. He doesn't I, have command and it's like his stuff. He doesn't almost have confidence in it. and he continues to say he's got confidence and he's, he's the same old AG, but he gets out there on the mound and it just doesn't, there's, there's something not connecting there. You know, it's a, yeah, it's, it's frustrating to watch. And I look at this bullpen and outside of Anton and Sims, I'm not seeing anybody step up for more than let's say three or four games to the point where I'm like, okay, we have a reliable third option. Hopefully Michael Lorenzen can be that guy, but I mean, you're right. They did not do anything to really, uh, uh, you know, really adjust that right in the offseason i mean to me the, if our only option is michael lorenzo which i mean at the earliest michael lorenzo will be here at the end of the month i mean we're just we still got weeks to go like like tonight yeah. i'm really worried about tonight i'll be honest i mean i loved what david bell did last night i have no problem with it but because i think sometimes you got to manage in the moment in the game to try to win that game you worry about tomorrow tomorrow but it's tomorrow <laughs> so if luis Luis uh, Castillo does not pitch good. We're in trouble. I don't know I, I, because I don't think you, you Sims and Anton both pitched two innings. I don't think you can bring either one of them back tonight. I don't know what you do. You know, I mean, pray to God that Luis goes and decides to pitch a complete game. I guess I don't. I don't know. There was a uh, there's a friend of the podcast, a guy named JoJo Jammer on Twitter. He 
he asked me on Twitter, he's just like, so can David Bell just pitch Anton and Sims all weekend and deal with the consequences afterward? I'm like, uh, well, maybe, <laughs> you know, like I'm not enthused about seeing Sean Doolittle coming. And like last night in the ninth, whenever Hembry was warming oh, no. and, and Sims was in trouble, I'm like, oh, no. I was like, please, oh. God, no. <laughs> oh, boy, Sims, you got to make some pitches here, man. Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat with that. I'm yeah. like, mm, 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 mm. So you've got, I mean, Ryan Hendricks has shown some promise, but he's a rookie, and there have been appearances where he's looked like a rookie. He's got mm -hmm. some great stuff, that electric fastball and that electric slider. Right. There is reason for hope, especially for the years to come as him as a red. But right now, is he the third best guy in this bullpen? Right. Probably not. And then you look at a couple of other guys that you just kind of – Toss in a hat. Like, I kind of liked what Michael Feliz did as soon as he came over yeah. from the Pirates. But then, and then he cooled down a little bit. Right. So, what do we got there? And mm -hmm. then, yeah, Brad Brock, he kind of gets thrown in with all of the just retreads of mm -hmm. Heath Embry. And then you got CNL Perez, who's still in the big leagues. Like, yeah. don't well, which, uh, yeah, I don't, well, I don't <laughs> even know why they even still have it. What I mean, honestly, right yeah. now, it kind of reminds me of when Don Gullett was the pitching coach and he was, you know, quote unquote, the best pitching coach in baseball then. And they gave him crap. There, go, go make something out of this. And that's kind of what they're doing to DJ right now. I think, you know, <laughs> we're paying him all this money here. Here's, here's guys off the scrappy. Go, go do something with, it. I mean, to me, I, I don't want to do this, but if they get close, they might have to. And that's bring up Lodolo and, and green and try, try them. Out. I'm not even saying start and try them out of the bullpen. I mean, I, I'm more okay with Lodolo than I am Green. I really, really would like Green to stay down there all year because he didn't pitch at all in like a year and a half. He's come back from Tommy John. I think Lodolo is is more ready than than Green is. But I mean, honestly, who else do they have down there? I mean, I the, there's a couple of guys that you might be able to squint and see, like Philip Deal, if he continues to keep pitching like he is a Triple A. He's looked pretty decent, but it's a tiny sample size, right? Maybe you bring him up. Um, they they just DFA'd Hector Perez, one of the guys who I kind of figured was in the Louisville Calvary, but right. apparently he's not even pitched well enough at AAA to garner a roster spot, so he's not in the picture anymore. I don't know, man. Like I, I think you're, I think you're right. I really don't want to see the Reds make a move with a prospect out of uh, desperation. Just, yeah, just mm -hmm. desperation. But at the same token, they might be in that spot if they have to contend right now, right. which if you're David Bell, you're begging them to give you as much as possible. And, right. and kind of like you said about Don Gullett, like if I'm Derek Johnson, I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, I've done a great job with Sonny Gray. I've done a good job with a couple of other guys here, and I'm rewarded with uh, nothing. Like in, right. ter in terms of pitching material to work with uh, – Ownership was like, yeah, okay, so we saw what you did over here with this awesome project. Your materials for your next project are uh, broken glass, uh, some used floss, and a couple of ripped up cardboard boxes. Do you think yeah. you can do something with that? Right, yeah, exactly. And I mean, and to be honest, I really do not want them to bring up Hunter Green or Lodola. I, I don't, because to be honest, I think. They have done this a lot of times where they brought guys up too fast. I mean, I'll, I'll say this uh, forever. It, um, they brought up um, oh, I can't think of his name now. Um, uh, Homer. Oh my. Yes, thank you, Homer. Homer oh, yeah. Bailey. They brought him up too soon. 
because they were desperate. They didn't have anything. And it took him a good four years. And I don't think he ever really got to where he could have. Right. You know, I, mean, I know he had two no-hitters and he had a couple of really good years. He was supposed to be the next Roger Clemens. I mean, that's what they were touting him as, you know. And they brought him up too soon. And that's what I do not want to happen to Hunter Green and Lodolo. And again, that goes back to if you would have it's a it's a it's a slow cycle downhill. If they would have done something in the offseason, these we wouldn't even be talking about bringing these guys up, you know. Right. And that's where it, it, it's it's kind of like they're in a rock and a hard place. They, they either need to make a trade to get somebody, like I suggested, so, which I love Shogo. I, I really want him to play more. But if he's not going to play, maybe they could ship him out. Um, and, and the kid they just brought up to AAA, he's a, a third baseman. Um, I can't think of his name right now. But but anyway, he he's an up and rising star. Maybe you might be able to get something. Because I mean, his third baseman, I mean, we got Gino, we got Jonathan India, we got we got Senzel, we got we got a whole bunch of third baseman. We don't really need, we need a shortstop. But yeah. I mean, we need bullpen right now. So that's where I'm kind of like, they gotta be looking and trying to 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 do something like that. I agree. And even if it's looking at maybe a starting pitcher in AAA like Tony Santion and seeing if he can make a transition to the bullpen, that's a possibility. I know that people are going to immediately like remind me of how he pitched in spring training because it wasn't that great. But right. again, that's spring training. Guys are working on stuff. He's looked Hell, a lot better. How, since... how good did Armin Garrett look in uh, spring training? Yeah. He was locked out. <laughs> was it he struck out everybody he faced? Yeah. Yes. I Forget how that went, but uh, pretty much <laughs> it's, it's not meaning a whole lot right now. Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I look at some of those guys. There's there are um, there are two guys in AAA. There's one dude in particular, and I don't necessarily know that he is the answer to the OPS problems that the Reds have had at the shortstop spot. But he definitely has a better glove, and if he can be a singles hitter, and you put him in like the seven or the eight spot, maybe it's time to give Alfredo Rodriguez a look. Now, anybody can look up his stats and see, okay, his batting average and his slugging percentage for his minor league career are pretty close, which means he doesn't have any pop. And you wouldn't be wrong. Over the last two years, I was looking this up the other day, he has over 150 hits. I believe it's 153, and 30 of those are extra base hits. That's a lot of singles. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, like if he's going to be a much better fielder, I almost feel like he might be worth a look. You never know. I uh, got a comment in here, and I, a couple of people have said this, but <laughs> put Hunter Green at shortstop. I'm pretty sure Hunter Green has not played shortstop since high school. So I, I'm not <laughs> sure, you know, four years or five years out of high school uh, being a starting pitcher, recovered from Tommy John surgery, and then he's laughing. I, he's kidding when he says this. Putting I, Hunter Green at shortstop. But somebody has – other people have said that. I'm like, I think I had a dream the other night where Alex Blandino was pitching and Hunter oh, Green was at shortstop. Maybe that's what. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that's the thing too. He David Bell loves Alex Blandino. I play, <laughs> plays him. I mean, I, God love him, but he, I don't. I don't. I don't get it because it's not like he plays a great defense or right. hits. I mean, he is undefeated when it comes to standing uh, for as long as he can for the national anthem. You know the, the the staring contest. I mean, he's he's awesome at that. That, that was great. But as far as him contributing to the ball club and getting as many freaking starts as he's getting, and I I know we don't have a first baseman other than well, we don't have anybody other than Votto. That's why we got catchers playing first base and Blandino playing first base. But I don't know. I mean, you even said this uh, on your show to put Winker at at first base, and if you 
I'm kind of coming around to it. If you put Winker in first base, then Shogo can actually play. Yeah. that I mean, and that still would be kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. I kind of think that Tyler Stevenson has found money there. I think that – and it's not as if I'm going to expect him to be everyday first baseman for his career, but if yeah. you can swap him out on an off day and tell him, yo, you don't need to bust your knees behind the plate, you can mm -hmm. play some first base – then I think that that would be a nice thing for his career moving forward. I know that he had a couple of rough starts at the beginning, but then, you know, he's, he's really figured it out a bit. So I like what they've done there. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully, like we said, that Joey Votto is going to be back come Milwaukee time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I hope that's what we're going to see. Well, here's a, here's today's lineup. You got junior leading off game, which, is the Gino leading off experiment? Is it is it working? I mean, I, I mean, if I if I look at this, I mean, you got uh, Dwink, Cassiano, Stevenson, Indy, uh, Farmer. That, those are about the only consistent hitters. I mean, I like, I, I don't. I, Scott Hedman, I understand left right, but for the love of God, put Shogo in there. I just don't. I just don't understand why he won't play Shogo. I mean, it is. Oh man, it's been a weird, like late, like just patchwork orange, clockwork orange is I think in the name of that movie. But whatever, it's been a weird <laughs> patchwork of him trying to figure out these lineups with all the injuries. But like I look at India and he's kind of come down to earth a little bit, but he's not bad. Heineman, I don't know, man. Like, and, and this was kind of funny before the game the other day. I said that. Uh, Max Schrock was kind of a quadruple A guy, and then he almost hits for the cycle. Right. Uh, so, you know, maybe I should say that Scott Heineman is a quadruple right. A guy. Hey, He'll hit for the cycle. Yeah. But, Do the reverse um, psychology. Yeah. <laughs> as far as Gino hitting leadoff, like, I think I get the rationale of getting him the most at bats possible so he can figure things out and get a little bit more consistent at the plate. But the results quite haven't been there. Like he's, I, he's O for his last six, I think. <laughs> and I looked at his at bats last night. And I was, I was just, uh, there were, there were a couple of ones, especially his last one, which I believe was in the eighth. It might've been in the top of the ninth, but either way, it was really late in the game. His final at bat, he struck out on a straight fastball. That was like, not really up in the zone, but kind of about, you know, belly button high. Yeah. I was like, come on, man. That, 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 that looks like a pitch you got to have. Well, that, that's the thing, and 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 sometimes guys just lose it. And I mean, yeah. it, it it happens. I mean, I mean, if you look 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 at uh, Frazier, you know, uh, for, he he was a home run champ for the Reds, and now he's out of baseball. I mean, guys sometimes just like maybe Gino's just lost it, and I don't because the thing is, it's not just this year. He was doing this last year. He never really didn't really have a good good year last year. And I, don't get me wrong, I love Gino. I I love him. he's one of my favorite players, but to keep watching him go out there and miss stuff that, like I said, it's like, like you said, it's almost right down the middle. I don't know what you do with that. And, but the thing is though, right now I said, we got all these third basemen. We don't, you know, we don't need, but if Gino's not playing third, you're going to put a third. That, that's the, that's the other issue now. Well, it, yeah, it makes me wonder too. Like if you take him out of line, it's kind of like the same idea of if you take Castillo out of the rotation, Will it help him, number one, and will the Reds be able to at least tread water during that period? Same thing with Gino. Like, I, I thought that the other guy who could play third base was Senzel, 
Now he's that's not going to happen for a while. No, yeah, he if, can't. If, that kid can't stay healthy. I, I, I oh, yeah. I'm not fresh. I'm frustrated, but I feel bad for him. Yeah, I didn't even know he hurt his knee. I thought he hurt his heel. I, I, he didn't even hit the wall. <laughs> he got injured. Yeah. His knee. He didn't like, hit the wall. He didn't make a diving catch. Like, I watched the replay of what had happened. It's like he was extending for a ball that was in foul territory, didn't quite get to it, and maybe he just landed, like, really solidly on that knee. I, I, I don't really know what happened. He's kind of reminding me of Tyler Eifert a little bit. Like, yeah. Yeah. you just cringe if he does anything. Because he gets hurt. Because it's, yeah. like, it's it, not – and people always say, well, you're injury prone if you keep re-injuring the same problem. And it's like, well, he's not doing he's not. that. <laughs> but at the same token, he's injured every part of his body, so eventually he's going to re-injure something. Right. Um, so run out I, body parts eventually. <laughs> I really hope he comes back healthy, but I'm a little bit worried about that. And then third base-wise, who do you put in there? I mean, maybe you could slide India over, although his prospect profile was kind of saying that he looked a lot better at second base. His bat looks a lot better at second base than it does at third. So it's a rough thing looking at how you're going to move around guys if they continue to struggle. I mean, Gino, I, we, we're talking about how much Castillo has got to break out tonight, but Gino's really got to break out this weekend too. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a big weekend for him personally, as well as the Reds as a team. Yeah, I mean, the way, the way this team is set up, it's set up for Eugenio Suarez to, to hit, you know, 50 home runs. It's, it's set up for Sonny Gray and Luis uh, Castillo to be all-star pitchers. It's set up for uh, uh, Garrett to be an all-star reliever, and none of them are even close to being serviceable players right now. So that, to me, is – those are the biggest reasons we're not winning. I mean, right. because along with, like I said, they didn't do anything in the offseason to subsidize for this because that, that's one thing I'll say, like, like what the Bengals are doing, and, and the Bengals are adding depth. They got players now. Now they're starting to add depth. The Reds had players, but they added no depth at all. They're just like, all right, we'll just go with this. And what, what if they get injured? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at right now. It's just it's just mind-numbingly frustrating. But, I mean, the funny thing is, though, if they somehow could pull it together and sweep the Tweety Birds, they're right back in this thing. Yeah, you know? especially, yeah, if they, if they do a four-game sweep of Bush Stadium, I don't know, like, you might have every single Reds fan back. Like yeah. everybody right now who is saying, like, oh, I'm done with this team. They're just too frustrating. I can't watch. Which, by the way, it's a little early in the season for it's, people to be saying that. It's still early. <laughs> somebody, some people are saying that. Mm-hmm. But you sweep them in four games, everybody's back. Yeah. That, that would be massive. Oh, huge. And I just keep thinking, I'm like, I feel like they're close. You know, I, I feel like if they get some guys healthy, they can compete because this division just isn't right. Like, you know, you, you don't have that one team. Obviously, the Cardinals were ahead. Now the Cubs are ahead. Right. And there was at one point earlier on the season where the Reds were and then the Brewers were for a minute. So all four teams that we thought were going to be in the running for this division crown have spent time at first place. So how does this all play out? It's just going to be, number one, the team that stays healthiest, and number two, the team that makes the right moves at the trade deadline. And yes. the right moves do not include – uh tearing down and, and rebuilding because Dude, what, you do that, you're back with the Pirates. I the thing is that, that that will really irritate me. I I'm and I said this on my show yesterday. I'm done rebuilding. I don't yeah. want to rebuild. I mean I, I remember when I was a, a kid in the 80s, Marge Shot owned a team. I had this shirt and, and it said Cincinnati Reds, we don't rebuild, we just reload, which is what we did in, in, in the 80s and early 90s. We just kept trying to get better, trying to win. 
And it's like now it's like, oh, okay, we'll take a shot. Ah, that didn't work. We'll just trade everybody. No, don't try. I mean, don't trade everybody because we're, I mean, honestly, and, and I'm not trying to be, you know, over optimistic, but we're, we're ta a talented team. You just need to add some parts to it. It's not, I don't want them to go and trade uh, Nick Cassius. I'd hate them to trade Nick Cassius. That would, that would, I, I would be severely upset with that, but I could see that be one of the ones to trade because next year is the last year of his contract. But I, I don't want them to do it because I feel, I feel like this. It's not our fault that you didn't spend any money, you know? Right. So us fans have to suffer for it. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. And and I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to go through rebuild. I, I, I have a hard time telling Reds fans and, and I'm not trying, I'm not telling you not to do this. Well, they start selling players away. They're going to have a hard time getting people to go back to the ballpark. Yeah. I, why would you? Cause you had one year where they were all in and then, okay, we're done. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what you don't want. You don't want one good year that is buffered by four or five bad years on both sides. Like that, mm -hmm. that nobody's going for that. Then you become like the Baltimore Orioles or the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yes. And gosh, yeah. I feel so bad for those fan bases. And when I think about it too, this is something where I really will start to judge Nick Crawl. I, I did not put any blame on him for this oh, offseason. No. He got got handed right. a bunch of crap, right. <laughs> to be honest. Ownership was like, hey, we want to still compete. And he's like, cool, how much money can I spend? Yeah, none. none. <laughs> and you got to get rid of some. Like, yeah. what? Okay, so no blame there. The blame, the the judgment now comes on Nick Crawl with how he handles this trade deadline. Mm -hmm. If he has to trade pieces off, if it's Castellanos or if it's somebody else, is it a deal for someone who can kind of re- direct the franchise if not this year next year right or are we talking about their trading for prospects that we got to wait another three or four years on because if that's the case yeah. i'm gonna judge them pretty harshly yeah well i mean I'll, I'll look at it this way when we we broke down the the last team we traded we, basically for me the only two guys we got out, out of the trades was Luis uh castillo and gino that was it we traded uh chapman to Kansas City for three pitchers, none of them worked out. We yeah. gave away—I mean, literally gave away—a roll of Chapman, gave him away yeah. for—I for, couldn't even tell you who. I mean, there, there's multiple guys that we could have got something for that we just got rid of. Like, and, and, and I never have understood this at all. This was what a year, two years after they signed Joey Votto to that big long contract, which I was all for. But I'm like, if you sign him to that contract. Don't you? Doesn't that mean you're going to spend money to try to put players around him? Why, I mean, you would think why, so. It, it, it kind of had the feel of bringing Griffey in whenever Carlender was just yes. like, "All right, well, we brought in Griffey. What more do you want us to do?" <laughs> right. like, no, 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 no. Like, it, there's more than one player on a team here, yeah. dude. Like, come on. Same deal with Joey. And then you even look. Uh, you talk about the Chapman trade. The thing that always uh, chaps my ass about that deal was, you know, I'm sorry for that, uh, but no, right. um, you know, Reds don't get anybody for him. The Yankees then trade into the yes. Cubs for Glaber Torres, and then they turn around and re-sign the guy in free agency yeah. the next year, so they yeah. still get him back. Oh, I was pissed. I, like, I was so mad. I'm like, like I was mad when the Yankees traded him and got that. I'm like, we could have done that. We could have yeah. got something. He's the best closer in baseball, and we didn't get anything. It's just – and that, that's where I'm like, I don't want to go through that again. And the thing is, you say you feel bad for the Pirates and, and, and Baltimore, their, their fan bases. I mean, honestly, we're in the same boat with them. I mean – when really I, like, are. I mean, look, when I was a kid in, in the 80s, 
like late 80s, we were, I mean, if they had the playoffs like they do now, we would have been in the playoffs a couple of times. We finished second like four years in a row. And right. then we won the World Series in 1990. And then 95, we well, 94, we would have went. 95, we went. And then since then, we've we've went, what, four times? We haven't won a playoff series since 1995. I mean, yeah. and last year, it's kind of hard for me to go, yeah, we made the playoffs, but honestly – if they didn't let damn near everybody in the playoffs, we wouldn't have made it anyway. <laughs> so right. I mean, just, uh. but postseason-wise, the Reds have been that guy that shows up to the party, gets a drink of punch, and is like, you know what? This is pretty nice. All right. It's <laughs> right. exactly. like, dude, oh, come on. Do something. Exactly. Well, all right. Tonight, they got, they're going to face – I know I'm going to mess his name up. Uh, Young – was it K. Young Kim? Is that how you say what? his name? Kwan Young Kim. Kwan Young Kim. There you Which go. Which they just call him KK Kim. That makes it way easier. That would be that's <laughs> a lot easier. He's uh got 16 games. He's four and three. A 2.61 ERA, 76 innings pitched, 33 strikeouts, and his whip is 1.41. So if you're looking at it on paper, they got the better pitcher right now. <laughs> well, on paper. Well, and I'll I'll do you I'll add you on to this. The Reds have faced him three times over the last two years. 16 and two-thirds innings, one run. And that was a solo home run in his last start against the Reds, which was, I think it was April 23rd or something. Yeah, something like that. It was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. They're, they're due. <laughs> they're due. That's they're what due. I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. We, <laughs> we're going to come out. We're going to crush the ball. <laughs> with, you know, with, what, what, what was it? Uh, water finds its level. Yeah. where yeah. The Reds will find KK Kim and get some runs <laughs> hey, tonight. I hope. It, I hope. It's crazy. Crazy as this season has been, it could have. They could go out there and just knock the freaking cover off the ball and everything we could be complaining about. And they're like, what? Like, hey, you're right. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, they, like I said, they start tonight at uh, eight fifteen. So let, let's hope you know it, ha- it. They get a win. I mean, here's a couple of our numbers I got from just this: is the Reds pitching staff. I mean, as of last night, the Reds pitching staff was ranked last. The starting pitch or no, the total pitching staff last, and then it'll be with five point four zero ERA. The starters are ranked twenty first out of thirty. The bullpen. Get this one. Can I get, please? Get, this is how good the bullpen is. They're ranked 30th out of 30 teams. That's why we're losing. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of it has to do with bases on balls. They just, there's way too many walks that get issued, especially from the bullpen. I remember Chris Welsh getting at that stat that the Cardinals are one of only two teams in all of Major League Baseball that have walked more hitters per nine than the Reds' bullpen has. And I think it's like a little bit over five per nine, which that's way too much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it, it's like I said, it's frustrating. I'm I'm still a Reds fan. I'm still in it. I mean, I they're oh, yeah. still in it. I mean, it could happen. I'm getting more or less and less thinking it's likely to happen because of just the way it's been going and the players that they have. To me, they've got to find somebody, either a trade. Or, or they find somebody like another Gutierrez. They find somebody right. in the bull and the minor leagues that can come up. But it's it's going to be an uphill battle, especially with as injured as they are. Because before they were out slugging everybody, they're right. still they're still hitting good, but they're not. I mean, they're not scoring like they were. I mean, I know they had what eleven runs the other day against Philadelphia, but that's before they were the beginning of the season. They were just absolutely destroying the ball. It wasn't even right. close. And that's the thing, too. Like, I, I always try to be optimistic with the Reds. And 
we're not there yet, but there usually is a point in time during the season where the optimistic side of me just turns into a repeat voicemail machine where I just keep saying it ain't over until the fat lady sings. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. And then, you know, someone would be like, well, why? I'm like, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Like, <laughs> not there yet, but it right. feels like we're getting close. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said, I, I, people like will be on there and you have the, uh, the, the grumpy Reds fan, like, oh, that, that same old Reds. They don't do anything. My season's over. I'm like, it's not over yet. I mean, it's getting close, but it ain't over yet. I mean, we are in June. And my point is, I think they have to at least, by the All Star break, they've got to be at least within striking distance. And striking distance for me is at least four games, four and a half games. To me, if, you, if I don't know what Castellini's thinking or anything, but if you're four, four and a half games out of the All Star break, you got a shot. And to me, you, yeah. and, and this is a winnable division. It's not like anybody is running away with it. I mean, none of these, I don't think that the Cubs are that much better than us, or the Cardinals are that much better than us, or. Uh, the Brewers are that much better. I mean, they're all kind of about the same. They're all okay teams. They have flaws. Ours are a little bigger right now because a lot of the injuries. So I guess my point is they got to tread water at least and get close at the All-Star break, and hopefully they'll make a trade or do something to help this team out. And I don't know if I don't know if Bob's going to want to do that or not. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's – I anytime I, I I always say this when it comes to Cincinnati sports, but anytime you got to put it on the ownership, I'm not confident. Right. right <laughs> so exactly. I hope we don't get to that point. <laughs> exactly. But we do have some good news that, like I said, in the in the minor leagues here. Uh, where do I have that? Oh, here it is. Nick Nick Lodolo. He, like I said, we talked about possibly you know, bringing him up, but I mean, there is hope. For the future, I mean, we have Nick Lodolo, we have Hunter Green in the Myers. Nick Lodolo was named Double A South Player of the Month. Uh, he dominated the month of May, uh, securing uh, or stel- excuse me, a stellar two. I'll get it right, two wins, and posted a stellar one point zero one ERA, and his WHIP was zero point eight three, which is the lowest in the Double A South. So that is good news. That is to me. That's why. I don't think the Reds, even if they, it doesn't work out this year like we thought it would or should, they shouldn't just dump everybody and, and rebuild. I mean, the thing is, like you, like you said, too, if they do do that, Nick Crawl has got to make trades for players that are major league ready now. Because I'll talk about this. I was watching the Yankees in the uh, Rays game the other day, and the Rays are excellent at this. They drive me nuts because my wife is a from Tampa Bay. So my in-laws all like, all you guys got to do is do what the Rays do. I'm like, well, not everybody can do that. Right. Well, they traded Archer a couple years ago, who was one of the best pitchers in baseball at the time, to Pittsburgh and got three starters, yeah. two two pitchers and their DH. And that, now they got Archer back, which is it's kind of a, a Chapman thing with the Yankees. But it, it, that's where it, the crawl, it, it, like you said, you're going to have to – to if they do start making trades, that's where he's gonna be measured on because it didn't work. We didn't really make a lot of trade, a lot of good trades last time they started dumping guys, right? And they made that savvy move with the Brewers where they sure they give up Willie Adamas, but at the same token, they get back JP Fireson, who mm-hmm. I the lockdown Brewers guy that I've talked to before 
was very high on him, thought that he had a very bright career ahead of him in the Brewers' bullpen. And sure enough, the Rays are like able to finagle him out from underneath the Brewers and bring him down south. And they always get those kind of deals. I'd love to see Nick Craw get a couple of those because we have way more – you know, Jim Bowden trading Felipe Lopez and Austin Kearns for Gary Majeski, Bill Bray, oh and the bloated courts of Royce Clayton <laughs> than we do trades right. that we look at and be like, boy, that was a fleecing. Like, yeah, feels like uh, we can say that about Gino. Oh, yeah. They, they, oh, they yeah. fleece the Tigers for Gino. But well, same thing with Castellanos uh, or Castillo. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it was uh, – who was the pitcher? Dan, um, uh, Dan Straley. Dan, Dan Straley. Straley. Yeah. yeah. That's a Dan Bailey. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, Dan Straley. He was, he was a, and he was our best – he was our – Best pitcher at the time. I'm like, yeah. I was like, why the hell are we trading him? Well, now I see why. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good trade. So I have a question. We know about Lodolo. We know about Hunter Green. What other press prospects uh, do the Reds have down in their minor leagues? Are, is there any good ones we should keep our eye on here in the next couple couple years that you know of? There are just a couple that I I, I see that Doug Gray over at Reds minor leagues keeps up with. A couple of guys that I, I think hopefully will get the call soon are like TJ Friedel in AAA. I think that he could be maybe a decent uh, outfielder with his speed and his glove. Maybe his bat comes a little bit along with it. There's nobody that's really lighting it up who's close. The dudes who are going to light it up are probably about two or three years away, like Austin Hendrick, Reese mm-hmm. Hines, Tyler mm-hmm. Callahan, those guys who are all uh, – Hendrick's an outfielder. Uh, Hines, I believe, is a third baseman, and Callahan's a second baseman. But they all have great bats. You're also looking at like Michael Ciani, although Ciani's a bit of a light hitting, speedy glove first center fielder, and he just got called up to Double A, so he might even be a year away too. But there's guys like that that are interesting in a year or two, like right. not necessarily right now. now. Yeah, which is kind of the biggest bummer of looking at some of these guys on the roster like okay we have some guys that we aren't sure that the reds can move if they get to the point where they have to and they don't really have anybody who's ready that is of prospect status mm-hmm. who are really going to move the needle now i like i said i do not and i repeat, do not want them to do this but right if you're looking if they do bag it and say we're, we're you know we're gonna fight again next year or whatever if you if they do try to trade uh, Nick Castellanos, well, I will be heartbroken if they do. Um, but if you're going to trade him, this is the year to do it because he's got another year on his contract. You're going to get the most out of them. To me, you're never going to get it unless you get three all stars. You know, which would be my, the turn into all stars. That's to me, you got to get you got to get major prospects. Do you think that's possible that they can get that for for Nick or? Is it just to me? Like I said, I I want to keep him. But what's your thoughts on that? Right. Well, and, and to clarify, his contract actually has three more years. It's just he has the option, the option yes, to get right. out of yes, it this yes, year. Yes. yes you're so right. it's. I almost wonder, and his agent is Scott Boris, so mm-hmm. really doubt that they could even do this. But if they could get some kind of guarantee that he's going to stick around, I'd almost say keep him. I love the key. Um, yeah, because I mean, he's turning in, and and I even said this. I was on uh, ESPN fifteen thirty the other day, and I, I said, Nick, if you're listening, so Nick, <laughs> if you're watching, yes, they all watch my show, man. <laughs> if you stay, you're going to be the face of the team. Yeah, like, here it is. There's already a poster on the stadium right now of yep. you flexing yep. over a cardinal. Which, by the way, that was awesome. No, but if you stay, there's going to be like a statue of you. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Holy cow, he has been hitting like crazy. But that's the thing. It's like with Scott Boris and with his performance, Scott Boris could be in his ear and be like, you know, you get more money. If you opt out, right. you probably make another five, six, seven million next year. But the one thing about Cassianos has said he goes, the one big thing he keeps saying, I want to win. Yeah. And that's to me the bigger issue. If he doesn't think the Reds are all in the win, he'll be out of here. Uh, that's that's where I think it is. And and to me, with with Nick and DeWink, those are two huge building blocks. Yes. To to build a very good team. And like I said, I don't think we're that far away, to be honest. I mean, like I said on the show, a ton of times if they were done a little bit, I think we'd be in a better position than than we are. Well, but they have pieces that they can move around. I mean, we got how many freaking outfielders do we have that 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 are playing great? So I mean, the thing is, there are pieces that they can move without moving Jesse Winker, without moving Nick Castellanos to improve this team. I think pretty easily in this offseason. And, and possibly, if they're smart, possibly now. I don't think we're going to find a shortstop, but I think we can get a bullpen, get some bullpen help. If you yeah. get some bullpen help, that changes a lot of stuff right here, I think. I agree. It, it's It would do more than just slap a coat of paint on a, on a dead truck. But I, I really think that they've got to look at how they can finagle. Like, I hate to say this idea, but can they sell another team on a resurgent A. Eugenio Suarez and maybe get something for him? Like, I, I know we talked about who's going to replace him, but it's just, it's one of those things where it feels like the Reds need to tweak something in some way. Not, not, yeah. Not tear not, down, but no, tweak. Tweak, yes, exactly. And they'll be okay. So what is what does that move look like? That is why Nick Crawl is getting paid to make this decision and not me. Right, exactly. <laughs> and there, there are there are options. There are guys. To, if you, I mean, I can't, I can't see anybody giving us really anything for Gino right now. With his, I mean, his contract is still team friendly. It's not, it's right. not a bad contract at all. But the way he's playing. I mean, if somebody could say, well, maybe he just needs a change, change of scenery, and maybe that would work. But if, I mean, if we can get trade him, I, mean, I keep saying Shogo, which I love Shogo. I don't want to really trade any of these guys, but we need bullpen help. If we can do that and get some bullpen help, that would help out a lot. And, and a bigger thing, honestly, I mean, Sonny Gray and, and Lu, Luis Castillo have got to start pitching better. Uh, bottom line, they have got to start pitching better. I mean, they're, they're the number one and number two starters on this team. They have got, and I've got to start pitching better. They do that. That changes everything. They got to start pitching better. Garrett got to start pitching better. Those three guys start pitching like they can pitch. This this season could have been a lot different. And hopefully, I keep thinking that we're, we're getting close because uh, Luis Castillo, or Castillo had a couple games. We're like, oh, maybe he's coming around. Maybe then, then his last one was, what the hell? Same with Garrett. All right, maybe he's coming around. Then his last one, he freaking he's a, a gas can. Yeah. You know, it's like I've never seen anything like that in my life where guys who have been good, like Chris Welch always says, they usually play to the back of their baseball card. When are they going to do that? <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and there's game, like I, I even thought about this, like if Castillo was just a step better, not not La Piedra better, right. but just an average pitcher, the Reds probably have won three or four more games. Yeah. At this point, it's just there's been those games where he walks a guy and then he gives up a single 
and then it's like an error by the third baseman, and the inning just blows up, yeah. and he gives up four or five runs, and the game's over at that point. Yeah. So you you wonder if it's something because I feel like it's just you tweak it a little bit here, maybe a different release point on his changeup or something like that, and he's fine. But you wonder if he is going to be able to make that connection because if he doesn't. I hate to say it, but you about packed the season up. Man, yeah, they yeah, got to yeah. have him we, as we, an ace. Yeah, yeah. He, he. I mean, that it doesn't matter if they make a trade for for bullpen help or not. If if him and Gray are not pitching good, it, it's over. I mean, and Gray, yeah. he pitched good, and then it's like all of a sudden he would just lose concentration, you know, or some just lapses. And I'm right. like, he wasn't doing that last year. And I wonder if if um, Tyler, uh, uh, oh my goodness, not Tyler Malley, um. The guy we went to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, what won the Cy Young last year? Oh, Trevor Bauer. Thank you, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. That guy. I yeah. wonder if the way he prepared for for games and his presence was that big, and, and the pitching staff is just missing him. I wonder if that is rubbing yeah. off on the on the you know because they're 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 feeling more pressure because they don't have him this year. It could be. I mean, I remember in the offseason, Michael Lorenzen talking about how much of an impact that Trevor Bauer had on him. So I can I can only imagine what he would do for Castillo or for Sonny Gray or something like that, especially I could see because, you know, Sonny seems like a real laid back dude. Like I could see Trevor Bauer kind of being just the right antithesis to his demeanor that it kind of evens him out and helps him out. And the same with Castillo. Castillo looks like a laid back dude, too. So mm-hmm. Maybe if you get that guy who's a little bit keyed up, he really adds another layer. Right, right, exactly. Got a question here from from Tim. Wants to know. Uh, so does Vada retire in re- three years? Uh, honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. I mean, yeah, he's he said that when he feels like he is uh, not contributing anymore, he's going to retire. I think he still feels like he does, but. Honestly, like this was the last year I really had pegged as him being one of the impact bats in this lineup. Next year, he's going to really, I think, take another step toward retirement. And, and not, I don't mean that in like a, you know, I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I just mean no. that, that that's how the career goes. It's like Albert Pujols going to the Dodgers. Was anybody really thinking that, oh, the Dodgers were an Albert Pujols away from going back to the World Series? No, he's, he's just kind of there to finish out his career as a super pinch hitter who mm-hmm. will hopefully hit enough home runs to get the 600 or whatever. Right. At the same point, when you look at Joey Votto, the idea of the guys who have filled in for him at first base while he's been hurt is not just for this year, but it's also kind of seeing what you got because you don't have a first base prospect in AAA or even AA. Mm-mm. Or really, even single A. Like you would have to move one of the top guys over to first base and get him acclimated. Then you could call him a first base prospect. So how do they deal with that? They have not addressed that thought yet. Well, I think that that's a good point there. And, and honestly, Tyler Stevenson is a really good person to to move over there because yeah. he he's up here for his bat. I mean, he he does okay behind the plate, but he's not you know a, a great defensive catcher. And you know as Catchers get older, it gets harder and harder for them to hit. Um, so, I mean, he would be a great option, I think, to to, to possibly replace Votto in the future. And thinking of what Yasmani Grandal got paid by the White Sox and what 
Tucker Barnhart's option, which is a team option, for next year being seven and a half million. With the way that Barnhart's bat has oh. really had a renaissance this oh, year, yeah. seven and a half million looks pretty good. So maybe <laughs> you keep him for another year and Stevenson kind of plays mostly at first base and then on off days plays catcher. And then that's when Joey will get his first base playing time because with the DH, I'm sure that with all the CBA stuff that's going to happen this off season, which is going to be ugly. I know. Yeah. But I, I'm sure the national league is getting the designated hitter next year, which is really going to help out with Joey. He can DH most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, honestly that out of all the, the rules that they kept from last year, that was one I was kind of surprised that they didn't want the. Now, I know this has benefited the Reds like crazy, but one of the dumbest ones I can't stand is the ghost runner at, yeah. at the start extra innings. But I mean, it's it's benefited the Reds. I mean, we, we're that's that's the thing, too. You almost feel more confident in the Reds winning a game if they go next extra innings because <laughs> we, we won a ton of those next extra innings. There, there's been a couple of people surmised they're just like, do the Reds just play and hope that they get to the 10th <laughs> inning? And it's like, right. Well, I don't think so, but you know they do seem to like that runner starting on first. But yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's been weirdly. I, I feel like it's kind of one of those fluky things. Like we always talk about one run ball games, like they are super meaningful. But if you really think about it, there's a little bit of flukiness to it. So when it comes to that runner on second and being such a boon for the Reds that maybe that's just kind of a stroke of luck for the sample size that they've shown. And if they continue to do that, maybe it starts to bend the other way. So yeah, I don't, I don't want them playing with the mentality. Let's get to ten. <laughs> right. I want them playing in the mentality. Let's get twenty-seven outs and let's have more runs than the other team and let's get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Crowns. Get, Crown Apple Kids got a question here. He said, "Well, the Reds have two All Stars. Well, I think they're gonna have they two should. for sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. I, I don't think. Any, I mean, I think it's the Wink and, and and Nick. But I don't. I, there's not anybody else on this team that that even remotely." Yeah, <laughs> he remotely it, should be even considered. I think it's them too, and I mean, maybe you could make an argument for TJ Anton as a reliever. Uh, true, true, true. Yes, yes. But it should definitely be Jesse Winker and Nick Cassian. It would be they a should, massive injustice if they don't. Well, they should start too. Which I mean, yeah. I don't know. Um, that, but that you know, it's always a popularity contest. I don't know. The Not only popular. other outfielder I think that challenges them is Acuna. So, but there's three outfield spots. Yeah, so there exactly. you go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Well, it's about 630. I appreciate you coming come on here and yakking with me about the Reds for an hour. So tell everybody uh, where they can follow you and about your podcast and everything you, you got going on. Jeff, always like talking with you, man. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can also follow the show's pod or the Twitter for the podcast at Locked on Reds. And you can follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And he does it every single day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. Appreciate you, man. Hey, hopefully they'll win tonight. We'll see what happens. You never know. We get we get a second in a row tonight. It's going to be a good night. Uh, yeah, dude. That, that's that's if we get a, if we win tonight, we got a really good shot of sweeping this thing. Tonight's the one that scares me, but we'll yep. see. All right, brother. Take it easy, man. Thank you for coming on the show. See you, Jeff. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that crown. You glad we had some red stock? Yeah. I uh, I try to get some on here. Tim, you have a great weekend too, buddy. And anyway, yeah, I, I like to try to get some red stock on here. I, I just, I just get so frustrated with 
I was that's why I didn't talk about him a lot in the offseason. One, they didn't do anything, so it was kind of hard to talk about him. And it would more I would think about more it really irritate me because I know we should have a really good team. Now, like I said, it's gonna be very interesting what happens tonight. And I I, I love how David Bell managed the game last night. He wanted to win the game. He managed like that. He went right to TJ Anton for two innings and right to Sims for the end. Now, the problem is, what's he going to do tonight? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, Luis Castillo. Exactly. Bud lights for everybody. There you go, Crown. It's my boy. Uh, hopefully, Luis can be like the old Luis. Or just slightly. Remotely close to the old, old Luis would help a lot tonight. And, you know, we can get, you know, he can get five or six, seven, well, not five, seven, six, seven innings would be nice. And they only got to cover like three with the bullpen. So, oh, yeah, Maddie, signs going up. All right, cool. That's awesome, Maddie. Uh, the jackpot Joey Burrow sign is going up on the bridge Tuesday morning. So make sure you guys check that out. And I know Maddie's going to be having his uh, Facebook page launched here soon for all the jackpot Joey merchandise. And again, that is going to the Joe Burrow hunger relief foundation. And I got to get this on here too, because I want everybody to make sure that they go to the jungle, to the hall. We're about uh, two weeks, a little over two weeks out. If you guys have not registered, please make sure you register. It's pinned to the top of Bengal Jim's Twitter page. Go there, register, make sure you show up so we can get Ken Riley and Ken Anderson into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's absolutely ridiculous that they're not there. So that brings me to the Facebook groups that let me live stream on them, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Houday Nation, Cincinnati, or excuse me, Cincinnati, Bengals the Jungle, uh, Bengals Nation, Bengals Houday Nation, Barry. The Ohio State Bucknuts, that's bar. You can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, TikTok handle is at Iceman90. The Twitter handle is Jeff A. Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-P-O-H-L. Like I said, uh, I didn't get super chats today, which is fine. Just let you guys know that that is an option on the YouTube channel. You can support the show by giving me super chats. I'd appreciate it. Uh, I'll be pulling a sound off later on here tonight. I know it took me a little while yesterday because it just something messed up. It took me a little while. I got I got the yesterday's show up now. Um, the sh today's show will be up hopefully within the hour. So if you guys can't sit there and watch me for an hour, you can listen to me uh, on Bean Pod, Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, pretty much wherever you guys get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, like I said, we're at 1,127 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. And it's Friday, Friday, Friday. Hopefully, Jeremy will be on the show next week. I think his, his work's starting to slow down a little bit, so he possibly could be on the show. But uh, Monday, it sounds like I'm going to have Bobby Nightingale from the Cincinnati Inquirer, and we'll be talking Reds again. Hopefully talking a four-game series sweep of the Tweety Birds. That would be awesome. But until then, you guys remember one thing, and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati, so act like it.
Hootay, go Reds. Please, God, let them sweep the Tweety Birds. That would be awesome. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!